Welcome to the Vici Mundum Show, a ministry of Our Lady of Mount Carmel Catholic Church in Newport News, Virginia. So anyway, I was telling you about the truck that I have, yeah. Heitken, one of yeah. my very first trucks. Ranger, what year was it? Oh, Lord only knows. Probably like a 95 or something. Uh, I don't know, maybe even a little earlier. But those Rangers. It was, uh, my uncle had a janitorial service mm-hmm. called Help Janitorial. And um, he gave me this truck. It was an old used one. The seat was, it was just like a, a long bench front seat, you know, not even like separate seats, just a long bench. And uh, the gear shifter, it was like, I think it was only a four speed. I don't even think it was five. Four on the floor, baby. And the Dude, gear I'm shifter. Act like I know what that means. <laughs> it's stick shift manual transmission. Oh, I don't know anything about stick. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm an automatic. Oh, my gosh. Human. Well, I'll still act like I like you for the rest of this stick podcast. Stick shift is so, it's the way to drive. Oh, it's the best. If it's you, the best. If you can I mean, if it's your stick, stick, I guess. <laughs> but, you know, the knob shifter on top was, like, held together with, like, duct tape and would fall off. So I'd have to hold on to, like, the whole shaft thing <laughs> to move it around. <laughs> so I bought a new one that was, like, had LED lights and it all lit up and stuff while I was driving. Oh, that's cool. But the seat was, like, blown out. The driver's seat was. And there were, like, dents all over the place. It had a cab thing on the back, but the best part was this is what I drove in high school was that on both sides in bright red letters, his company was called Help. It said Help! Exclamation <laughs> mark. Help! And this truck seriously needed help. Yeah. So Aww. we called it the Help Truck in high school. It was great. That's, that's awesome. awesome. I yeah, wanted to sell it. We just said the, so that's bad. awesome at the same time. Whoa. But I yep. think my dad liked that I drove it, drove it because he had to build character. You know, it was like, here comes Austin in the help truck. <laughs> yep, it's those old trucks though. Oh they yeah, are conquerors. Oh man, I, I, I love those trucks. I had a '92 Ford Ranger, and like I was telling you earlier, I would have brought it all the way across country from Idaho if it was worth it. Um, but monetarily, <laughs> it wasn't worth that much. <laughs> so I actually sold it. Um, at, at a at a at a good price um because it was a good friend to a friend out there and his son they fixed it up nice. more m- more of it i mean it, it was pretty good truck already but they fixed it up even more and now he drives it around it's old his first trucks, truck old trucks are the best man especially so, the ones that are all beat up there's nothing sacred about them so you can yeah. just use them the way a truck's supposed to be used my opinion i had not yeah. a fact i had a diamante opinion. station wagon Nice. I don't know if that's a per- <laughs> that's relevant, but it was awesome. <laughs> we called it Buster. <laughs> really? Of course, yeah, you did. when we when we sold Buster, it was a sad day. Oh, poor oh, Buster! Man. Poor Buster, may he rest in peace. Buster yeah. gone. Yeah, but uh, you know, we're not here to talk about vehicles, are we, guys? No, no, we're here with uh, the maybe Vichy verbal Min- vehicles. Mm. This podcast is a vehicle <laughs> of grace. I hope. This is the Vici Mundum Show. Welcome back, everyone. We're so glad that you're tuning in. Today, I have a topic for you guys that I think we really, really enjoy doing, even though it's not very good for our souls. And it is <laughs> criticism. Ooh. Criticism. Um, and before we start talking about criticism, I'd like to introduce my friends here. This is Austin Farenhold over to my left. Uh, say hello, Austin. Hello, Austin. <laughs> and then uh, Ken White over here. Hey. And uh, my name is Anthony uh, Ferguson. I'm a seminarian for another couple of days at Mount Carmel. Well, hopefully you're a seminarian beyond those days. That's true. But just but I'm, not. I'm leaving Mount Carmel. Okay, no. so no. criticism. Here we go. I have a quote from our friend St. Jose Maria Escriva. And it's a, a pretty stellar quote, but it, it's very convicting to me. So this is from The Way. It's number 456 in The Way. 
And he writes this. It says, to criticize, to destroy, is not difficult. The clumsiest laborer knows how to drive his pick into the noble and finally hewn stone of a cathedral. To construct, that is what requires the skill of a master. Can you read it again? Sure. Or you could just record, rewind like five seconds. <laughs> to criticize, <laughs> to destroy, is not difficult. The clumsiest labor knows, laborer knows how to drive his pick into the noble and finely hewn stone of a cathedral. To construct, that is what requires the skill of a master. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is a podcast about construction. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, and you talk about a truck for trucks. construction. <laughs> <laughs> construction trucks. No, so like, I think that's brilliant. Yeah. Well, what do you think about it? Well, I think it's. I mean, I think it's very easy to to take that in, in terms of criticism. Obviously, that uh, that anybody anybody can say something nasty about someone. But if you were to sit down, so like, if I were to sit here and say, "Hey, Anthony, tell me all the things that annoy you about Ken," like for some reason, naturally. Stuff just comes easier. Probably not for Ken because there's really nothing that annoys us about Ken. But oh, y'all know what I'm talking about. Um, but if you were to say, like, tell me one of your tell, – tell me the things that are most virtuous about this person, we actually have to pause and think about it. Mm-hmm. You know, well, a lot of us, sinners like me, have to pause and think about it. You know? It doesn't come as easily. It doesn't come as easily. It doesn't come as easily. It's we're we're a bunch of clumsy laborers that really know how to drive the pick into our neighbor. Why do you think that's the case? Broken nature. I, yeah, I, I'm even thinking back. So I was at a retreat where um, a few years back, where Father Mike Schmitz came and he talked about the fall and he talked about um, Adam and Eve and kind of how. Immediately after the fall, the way that they looked at each other changed everything, right? So instead of looking at each other with that awe and respect of another human person created by God, full of dignity mm-hmm. and beauty, they were now like lusting after one another. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, you know, and, and envying. Sh- and envying and shame, shame sort of entered in um, from the, you know, it did enter in from the fall. And, and the idea that, um, that they now no longer. Um, there was a wound inflicted there, you know, a wound in, in how they, um, in the way that they looked at each other and it completely changed. Um, and he kind of, uh, he, his, his storyline was like, um, you know, Adam disrespecting Eve with the way he looked at her and her thinking that Adam was just this, you know, weakling kind of, it, it was just, it was very interesting, but it, it makes me think that that's probably why it's a lot easier to criticize, right? From from the fall, from that we naturally we look at each other and are in awe of one another. But since the fall, there's this this criticism that so easily comes. I think he nailed two two very important points there: um, lust and envy. Those two things uh, that. Um, they just kind of keep bouncing in my head as like, man, those are two things that really play a large part into criticizing. Really? I also. think so. Well, um, I think they almost hand in hand. I'm going to, I'm going to have this thought process out loud. So feel free to, to oh, we can always edit argue it out, or you know? just cut it out, or whatever. <laughs> I'm if, sure it'll be great. If it's Go full for it. of heresy, but no, I think I know where you're <laughs> going with it. So, so, so if you were like, um, all right, so let's take two scenarios. One, um, somebody somebody has something that, or somebody is a certain way that's very desirous, right? So maybe they're very gifted. Uh, 
wonderful artist or wonderful singer or something like that, and it's something that you want, that mm-hmm. you really like, mm-hmm. and maybe you've practiced or wanted to grow in this. Um, and so when you look at that th- that person, I think that – that there's kind of two ways our broken mind can go. Um, I think one is, I wish I had that, and I I wish they didn't, or I wish I was better than them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other route, I think, is I would like, I desire that so much that I want it for myself. Like, I want them for myself. I want to contain them. Uh, and somehow, like, and, and I think that's kind of lust. Like, I've turned that person into an object, and I desire them, and I lift them up as this, like, mm-hmm. this wonderful or, thing. Or the flip side of that is that they, um, because you're viewing the other person as an object rather than a person, rather than a subject, right? A subject mm-hmm. loved by God, but you're looking at them as an object, then you're annoyed when they don't become useful for you. Mm. Right, Ooh, so something that they've done that annoys you, even a character trait that annoys you, it's because you're not seeing them as a subject to be loved, but as something that is a stepping stone for you. Mm. Absolutely, right? At it, at its heart, it's not like all of this is fully conscious. Like you're thinking, I'm going to use this person, but I think there's that sense kind of driving the criticism. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, I think another thing that's in play here is is kind of where both of you are going, I think um, the next step is, well, if somebody else has something I want, then I should break them down and make them smaller so that the little that I have looks bigger. Yeah. That's, you know? a, that's a form of envy. Yeah. It's like, well, I, and, and what's, what's underlying that. And I think this is kind of the real root of it is that we don't really like ourselves that much and we don't see ourselves as lovable. Oh yeah. We don't see ourselves as lovable. So we like, we're threatened and we don't think that we're good enough. We don't think that we're love like that God loves us at the root of who we are. And so we look out and we see all these other people that seem way more lovable. And and so we're threatened by that and we we think instead of rejoicing in that and saying I'm loved and they are loved too and they have talents that I don't have and I have gifts that they don't have, um we lash out and we break them down and we take our pickaxe to the the stone and we just chop them down. And and then that makes us somehow think that we're we feel better about ourselves, but it never does. It never works. And this we is, feel threatened by them. Yeah. yeah right? And this is so clearly evidenced. And I have four children, ages five and under. This is so clearly evidenced in small children mm-hmm. and their affection, their desire for affection from their parents. Um, this is something Claire and I, my wife and I, are always kind of working on with our kids. But if we take notice of a talent of our children, keeping in mind we love all four of our kids with. Great, sincere, wonderful love and equal equal love. It's not divided love. It's a growing love and it's equal. So, uh, But if one of them does something really well and we praise them for it, um, you know, Josie is an awesome crafter. Mm-hmm. She can make anything uh, out of crafts at five years old. She makes like whole costumes out of paper. It's crazy. So we praise her for it. Josie, that is awesome. Good work. Well, immediately – my son, Gabriel, will run over with his craft that is not nearly as talented and wonderfully constructed as hers <laughs> um, and almost push her out of the way sometimes to say, Dad, look at mine, look at mine, look at mine and hold yeah. it you know, in front of her. Um, 
And it's just natural because they want to be loved mm-hmm. by me. Um, and when they see a sibling being loved, and this is what we tell them is, you know, Gabriel, I love it, man. That's mm-hmm. wonderful. But right now, let's really look at what Josie's doing and let's applaud her and let's praise her. And then Josie, let's both look at something Gabe did and let's praise her as well. So like trying to instill within them this, yeah. this equal love <clears throat> and this mutual praise and building up. But it, 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 I mean, it's exactly what you're saying that they, they're afraid that they're not going to get the praise and affection that their sibling got. Yeah. And so they compete for it. Yeah. Ken, did you have anything to add to that before we? I mean, I was just thinking about how, like, there's, um, rightly so, there's a lot of concern over, um, the way, especially now that we have, like, cyberbullying and stuff. I mean, some pretty hard stuff that people say to each other, mm. especially kids, that's mm-hmm. really damaging. And it's something that's on my radar, obviously, because I work with the youth. With the youth. But I also, um, I want to challenge us as adults as well, because what I've found as I've, um, gone further in my career and met a lot of different people in the workplace um, at different times and, and just interacted with different people. Like, and I see this fault in myself as well. The, 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 the bullying just becomes more um, strategic, hmm. you know, and more like sophisticated, but it's mm-hmm. still there. Like there's still um, different people like driving others down. Um, either by what they say on the side or what they say to your face that's sort of a veiled mm-hmm. insult. You know, I mean, it just becomes so, – so we see it and we're, we're horrified by it in the youth as we should be. But then we also need to see it in ourselves oh, absolutely. And, and like call ourselves out on this that yes. just because we're older and know how better to balance our words doesn't mean all that we're saying is uplifting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So – the next step, I think that uh, I mean, we've been talking about like envy, like seeing good things in other people and wanting to break them down and criticize them for those gifts. But I think it also works when people actually have sins and failings and faults, and but it and it still relates to the way that we see ourselves in many ways. I think um, so, and the way that that works, I think, is when we see a fault in someone else, it's almost like we hate ourselves in the other person. Like we see other people's faults that are our own faults much easier. I've heard that before. Yeah. Like we see ourselves mirrored in other people. And so we like end up criticizing and breaking down things. We're more bitter and zealous about our judgment towards things that, that we struggle with or things that we see ourselves doing. And so we like to criticize people for that. Cause it, what does it do? It takes the attention away from us. Mm. It takes away the attention from our faults. And so we want to criticize, criticize, criticize other people's stuff, especially the things that we know that we ourselves do. And uh, yeah, it's really, really dangerous. It's very, very proud. So it's kind of like on the inside. We're like, I hope they don't notice me doing this. So I'm going to make bigger noise about that person doing it. Yeah. And it might not even be conscious. Right. I think most of this isn't a conscious thing. I don't think many people are really like out to get other people with their words or their thoughts. I think – um, I think it's just one of these subconscious things that it's good to talk about because it kind of brings, you know, that to light and makes us think. Yeah. Um, and, and I want to kind of, if I can flip our focus now, cause we talked about like the criticism and the breaking down and the, the sort of damage of words. I don't like that you're um, changing this, Ken. I want to yeah, keep talking that, about that's criticism. Right, criticizing. Yeah. Do you um, want to get to construction? Yeah. Like, like sh- the building up. Can we talk up. about two of the different types of destruction first before we go to construction? Yeah, let's do that. Let's All right. So that. these are two classic 
classic sins that, that I don't know if we always talk about and are aware of. Um, and it might be something for us to examine our conscience and bring to the sacrament of confession. And they are detraction and calumny. They're two different types of things. So like uh, detraction is when you say a true statement about someone that nobody needs to know. Mm. So you're you're saying something that is true, and we do this all the time. Is like we say something that is true, and we act like we're completely innocent because it's a true statement, right? It's something that this person objectively does, but it's not necessary to call attention to it. Oh, so like it would be a negative quality about them. Yeah, it's like saying, "Man, this person gossips all the time." Yeah, like Austin gossips all the time. I'm kidding. <laughs> Detraction. Go I to know, confession. I just detracted from you. Um, <laughs> so, but you're detracting from someone's reputation. Yeah, you're, you're taking away. You're taking away. And then mm. calumny is is more like uh, slander. It's like saying something that is not true, or like kind of breaking someone down, or like uh, emphasizing something that that is something that you're judging them for that you don't know everything about their mm. life you don't know where what their intentions are or what's going on you don't know everything about the situation basically right. so it's not your place to speak ill of them so mm. those are the two different things of destruction just kind of before we move on to construction but go ahead well no i mean unless I, you have something well i was add. just gonna say that's really that's really helpful to kind of to name the evil i think of detraction and calumny that it because because it's all around us, we see it we see it everywhere, and it is very painful to be both the recipient of it, and even when we do it, like we know it's not right. There's something in us that's like this is hurtful, but there's another part that's like yeah, but it feels good mm-hmm. because it's not about me being negative while I'm saying it, you know. So it feels good to be saying it because the spotlight's off me, and I can sit here and talk with you, Anthony and Ken, about these other people, and we all feel better about ourselves. Mm. But even then, we don't really, do we? I mean, it's not enough. So if we have the conversation and, and it's full of detraction and calumny, right, it's not enough to have that once. Yeah. The satisfaction that we get from it is so fleeting that oftentimes we then have to go and have it with somebody else. Yes. So it's repetitive in yeah. a sense. Like it was, it's fun if we take the image of the destruction of like you know of a of a church or cathedral. I forget what he said. Yeah, but take, take the pickaxe. Like, or like the it's pick so much fun. If you've ever destroyed a building, it is so much fun. We had to uh, rip out walls, and uh, we did a renovation when I was growing up. And when you throw a sledgehammer <laughs> through a wall, it feels great. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, but it's not enough to do it once. You really want to hit it again. You want you know? to just destroy everything. You want to do it again. Like, it's look like, at that car over there. Let's destroy that old beat up truck. Yeah. So, and then, I mean, I think it's the exact same way with uh, detraction and calumny mm. um, and gossip, kind of in general terms, is that it is never enough to only say it to one person one time because we, we got to hit it again. Mm. It's like a Pringles can. Once you pop, the fun don't stop. You yeah. just got to keep on, you it's know, like you can't skills, eat just like one. Just taste the rainbow. Yeah. I don't know. What? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think that one fits. I don't know. It's like, it's like M&M's, melt in your mouth, not in your hand. <laughs> when in Rome. All of these various candy metaphors and food items. Oh, man, no. I just, you can Wrong. detract about me later. Yeah, um, Ken and I will have a long discussion. <laughs> these, these analogies are, are yeah. getting off. Gosh, a whole minute all of right, time so, wasted on candy. All right, so to bring it back, so Jose Maria Escriva says that it's way easier to smash things and destroy the cathedral stone than it is to construct. That that requires the skill of a master. So how do we then construct? What's the opposite of Which, construction? Before can you say something, I just want to say too. There there is some like some joy about that. Is that uh the joy of what? 
of that statement in the sense that anybody can attract, but it takes a master. So there's an element of we have to be a master. So our natural tendency is the destruction. Mm-hmm. And so if we want to build something, we have to master it. We have to become the master. It takes work. Um, yeah, it takes work. So it takes skill. You know, so only, only saying that to like, you know, if, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my gosh, I do that. Oh my gosh, I know I've done that. Like that's the natural state for us. And so we have to become masters to not do that. Um, Ken, you had something you want to talk about construction. No, I think um, – and, and that's – awareness is, um, is, is really important. Like the, the old uh, – I don't know if anyone ever watched the G.I. Joe cartoons growing up, <laughs> but it was always knowing is half the battle, you know. Um, that idea Joe. that like awareness <clears> – excuse me, if our, if our conversation – is raising an awareness, which it is in me, um, just talking with you guys about it. But if it's raising an awareness of things, that's that's a healthy thing because then you can name it, you can work mm-hmm. on it, and then you can become the skilled master. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I've I just have when you mentioned Anthony that this was this was a topic you had in mind. I I was really excited because it's been on my heart a lot lately because I've been praying through Proverbs and Proverbs like. So many verses in the book of Proverbs have to do with words mm-hmm. and what comes out of the mouth um, of of a man and uh, or or woman, but just you know what what we say and and how we say it makes a difference. And I just I opened up to a random like mm-hmm. chapter because I knew I would be able to find <laughs> several examples. Right, yeah, so I'll just no I'll, I'll just pick a few here. Um, the prating of some men is like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise is healing. Mm-hmm. And I love that. The tongue of the wise is healing. There's a healing aspect in um, words that are affirming mm-hmm. and that are lifting up. And then truthful lips endure forever. The lying tongue for only a moment. That's what we were talking about. The lying tongue is only a moment, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So you have to do it more. So if you actually want that that long-seated satisfaction, then it comes in the words of the the wise and the prudent, yeah. right? Yeah. And going off that, here's one. He who guards his mouth protects his life. To open wide one's lips brings downfall. Mm. (laughs) He's like, he doesn't even say about good words. He's just like, as soon as you open it, death. So I think, but I I think that's what's so like, I I really, the the part that I really like is, is how much Proverbs talks about like, the the wholesome power of good words. So, you know, it's we could see all the damage. We've seen damage done. I've I've experienced it in my own heart when people have said damaging things or when I've heard other people say it and then mm-hmm. I'm cleaning up the mess from that damaging thing that was said to mm-hmm. someone else. I I think we've all experienced the damage words can do. Yeah. But then there's that flip side of like that that the tongue of the wise is healing. Like there's mm-hmm. something really powerful about something that is well said and that is affirming and uplifting. Do you guys, you guys think so? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's really helpful to be aware of that because I mean, Jesus says that, that we'll be accountable for everything that says that we say. And so like, we should invest a lot of effort into speaking well of our neighbor and building them up and, and contributing to their welfare and not their, their their damage you know that that's that's just kind of the heart of it is that um why do we do this why do we want to speak well of people it's because god speaks well of us it's because jesus doesn't criticize us he might help us to realize what needs to be changed about us he does that all the time he's so like the image i like to to think of is like think of your heart as a garden 
and and there's all these stones that are like just kind of littered around your garden and Jesus will go around and like flip over the stone and show you all the weird maggots and stuff that are under the stones you know and he's like oh look at that one did you know that was there no well I helped you see it you know it's not in a spirit of you did this you did this you did this look at how horrible you are you're gross it's like no like I want to I want to help clean this up with you Hmm. you know and and when we criticize one another it's not really in that spirit yeah. Like we just want to, we want to point out, we want to point out the maggots and then leave them to usually fester with them. Yeah. We'd want right? to add, help add them. some more maggots to it is really what we want to do. Yeah. And yeah. if we help them, that means that they're good. And that means that I might not be as good. And mm. you know, it's, it's all competition. It's a competitive spirit. So yeah, building people up, like that's a beautiful thing, beautiful way to imitate Christ. And I think there's uh, I mean, it, the Proverbs talk about um, wisdom you know, as as the words of the wise build people up, um, and so, like, how do we how do we become that master builder? How do we how do we get that wisdom to become masters? Mm. Just watch the Lego Movie. There's like what? the the master builder, <laughs> the master builder. I the, did not see that coming. It's the, spe- <laughs> know, <yeah>. the special. <laughs> Dude, that's, right. that's the best movie. I haven't seen the Lego you movie. You gotta watch the Lego movie, man. It's <laughs> they're the master builders. You know? Gandalf so, is in there. <laughs> anyway. So, everything, everything is awesome, okay? <laughs> that's building people up. Everything is awesome. All right. So after the Lego movie, what else should we do? <laughs> to become master builders? Yeah, yeah, to get that that sense of wisdom. Mm. I mean, I think some of it is filling your life with, um, with truth. Hmm. If we're going to, because I think this goes beyond not just affirming others, which is very good to do and we should do more of, um, but also like just speaking truth, right. And, and, and saying things as they are. And that means both knowing yourself well enough to say, this is where I'm at. This is where I'd like to be. Um, and, and also being able to speak truth into a situation. I think there, I think it means that you need to surround yourself with truth. You need to let truth into your heart. That's reading scripture. That's spending time with Jesus. That's receiving the Eucharist, right? All these ways that we can, um, wait, I mean, we get to consume truth. Like how cool is that? You know, and, and the more that we, um, penetrate our lives with the truth that we allow christ to do that i think the more truthful our words become and the more uplifting they become because he is the master builder right he is the creator of language itself and and he spoke the word right and the word became flesh and so it's um he will show us how to do it Mm -hmm. i like that i like the emphasis on the truth because um when we know the full truth we tend to be much gentler with our words. Like how often have we said something that we wish we could take back when we learned something more about the situation? Oh, sure. Uh, All the time. It's like, Oh man, I put my foot in my mouth again. It's like, I wish I knew that. Yeah. I did not know they were going through that. Oh my gosh. Exactly. So like, yeah, like seeking the truth and ask, asking God for you to understand someone rather than to criticize them. Like that's a really big part of it. And thanking God for that person. I think that might be another thing I recommend is just thanking the Lord for this person, even if they're getting on your nerves, even if they've done something horrible, even if they are obviously in the wrong, just thanking God for creating this person in, the, in his image and likeness 
and uh, praying for them. I think there's an element too of of offering that person up, like thanking them, but then offering them up to Jesus in prayer, like yeah. and forgiving them. Mm-hmm. I mean, there there are people that have hurt me, um, and and honestly. That can take a while to come to also, to embrace the fact that these people, their actions hurt me. You know, uh, I think it's very easy for us to put up a wall and be like, uh, it didn't hurt me. I'm just very annoyed by it. It's very like, I don't know why they do that. It's stupid, Mm. you know. But if you can like take a moment and say, why is that bothering so much? Oh, because it hurts me. Yeah. Um, like that actually it does. It it's affecting my ability to think and act and love. And so it hurts me. And so maybe, um, one thing that it, uh, that I've been thinking about more is in trying to practice is closing my eyes, like, and even in prayer, we'll get distracted by these people that have hurt us, you know, and we start thinking about them. Um, and so a very easy thing to do is just say, Jesus, I forgive them, and I give them to you. Um, and I find often I have to do that a lot, like with the same person, maybe even the same situation, mm-hmm. but saying, Lord, I forgive them. And anytime that, that thought comes back, because it, out of the thought comes comes all sorts of evil, Jesus says, right? It's from the hearts of man and from the thoughts. And so, you know, so you almost have to kill it at the thought. When that thought comes and you want to destroy something, it's like at that moment, Lord, I forgive them. Mm-hmm. I forgive them of the evil they've done to me, the harm they've done to me, and I offer them up to your mercy. And then, bam, shuts it down, you know, very early on. Um, I don't know. That's something I've been kind of thinking more about lately and trying to do. It's very hard to do. Yeah. but And perhaps just, you know, self-knowledge that, like, you're probably getting on someone else's nerves, too. <laughs> That's you know fact. what I mean? Huh. You know, like somebody else might want to criticize you for something you're doing and just realize that like, uh, so there's a quote that I stumbled upon in my divine Mi- or in intimacy book, divine intimacy. Yeah. And it's, it says that God is infinitely merciful because he knows the depths of our misery. We are far from being merciful because we know too little about it. So like if we mm-hmm. knew the depths of our, our dependence on God and how much mercy we need, like, and how, <laughs> aggravating we are to some people, you know, then, then we might turn to people who get on our nerves or who we might want to criticize and we would show them mercy because we know that our Lord has shown us so much mercy that he never is annoyed with us, that he never breaks us down, that he always wants to build us up. And, and that's, that should be our attitude. Like I've been shown so much mercy and love. I should show that to my neighbors. Hmm. Yeah. That's where it comes from. Yeah. Um, just to clear, clarify, clarification point you said he never breaks us down but i do think he allows us to be broken down it depends on what you mean by breaking but like he never tears us down he never he never like wants to um, criticizes and 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 you know i think there's a difference between like helping us grow and saying you're disgusting so he's always drawing the good out in us yeah which sometimes exposes the bad absolutely so that the evil, like the, the stone good. metaphor right <laughs> like the maggots yeah the maggots <laughs> in your heart no uh, it's but like it ties back to that thing like satan wants to accuse you satan wants to point out your faults and draw attention to that and make you focus on that and and he wants to criticize you yeah. but god wants to say this is true about you it's it's a fault it's wrong it's a sin it's hurting you it's preventing you from loving me and your neighbor but we're going to we're going to heal this we're going to fix this mm. so yeah i think that's that's very important but yeah well, cool. People are going to start criticizing us for this podcast getting too long. That's it's, where are we? We're at thirty minutes, man. Woo! Yeah, we're going to have to wrap this sucker up. Yeah, awesome. 
But yeah, thank you for talking about this. this is an important topic. I think gossip is a big sin uh, that we have. You know, we have lots of abilities to share our thoughts about everyone, and uh, so we have to be careful about that. So. Yeah, especially considering that that we are one mystical body. Like mm-hmm. the church is the body of Christ. So when when we say something about uh, about one of our, especially our Christian brothers and sisters in our own church, it's like the finger, like yelling at the toe and saying you're an idiot toe you're the worst like yeah. no the finger needs the toe you know exactly the body parts need each other mm-hmm. um so yeah. and i think there's a piece too just as sort of a practical step um if 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 you find yourself um because i've found this helpful if you find yourself criticizing someone or even just in your own mind you haven't said anything to them but you're kind of running it through your head like gosh why are they saying this or acting this way or whatever i think sometimes it helps just to ask them not not like is this what you meant but just like how's your day going <laughs> you know are you, are you are you doing all right today is there anything that i can help you with that's really stressing you out because what you'll find is a lot of times it, the way they're acting probably has nothing to do with you right and it just right. has to do with something that they're going through and they they could either use the help or just someone saying is everything is everything good like caring for a minute about mm-hmm. What they're experiencing, because I think oftentimes too we can start to really focus on ourselves, right? Like, oh man, they're mad at me for this, or why did they respond this way? Or we get very like self-centered in that regard, and it has nothing to do with us. It's true, <laughs> right? It's true. So sometimes a practical step is to take interest in that person and get to know them a little bit more. Yeah, as uh, I think it's a good way to to kind of close out. But I was I'm reading this book about friendship, and uh, the the nun who wrote the book, the sister who wrote the book, says that um, respect. The root of it, spectare, is to look and re again. So respect is looking again and again and again and again at a person. So. Mm. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. <laughs> well, guys, go and be master builders. Yes. Go and be master builders because everything is awesome. Yes. Well, not really. Yes, good, Anthony. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, that's all the time we have. In fact, this is too much time. Uh, I would like to invite you, if you haven't heard about this already, to consider and pray about applying to be on the Vici Mundum show. This is something that we've recently opened up. Uh, if you visit vicimundum.com, uh, you can fill out an application form there, and we will uh, we'll take a look at that. But that's uh, that's an invitation for you to proclaim Jesus on the podcast. So yeah, vichimundum.com, there's an uh, apply now button. So go ahead in there. Also, share this podcast with your friends and family and uh, all that good stuff. And please pray for us. Pray for the ministry. We need your prayers. And uh, until next time, Our Lady of Mount Carmel, pray pray for for us. us. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the presenters alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of Our Lady of Mount Carmel Catholic Church in Newport News, Virginia, or the Catholic Diocese of Richmond. This podcast is presented to you by individuals who are not all necessarily experts in the field of discussion, but are answering the call to new evangelization and sharing the love of Christ with you. God bless you.